But we're going to jump into Isaiah, what we just read. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1 through 7. The thought of gloom to glory. The thought of, wow, things could be rough, like in chapter 8 of Isaiah, when we're talking about an attack that's going to come. When we're talking about a breaking that's going to happen. Nobody, I think I can say that pretty confidently, nobody in the room is like, I want a good attack or a good breaking in my life. Like, I, I don't know, that's not normally what we're just asking God for. Right, but that is what was going to come their way. The word had been spoken. The prophecy had been given. But chapter 9 followed it up. And I am so thankful that from the very beginning, in fact, if we go back to the very beginning of the word, to Genesis, when Adam and Eve were created and put in the garden, when they sinned and they fell, God had a plan. God had a plan to get them from a place of sin and separation to a place where the Savior of the world, Jesus, God himself, would come to the earth, be born as a baby, and we can have our lives restored, our, ourselves restored, where we don't have to worry about that sin thing in our life because God heals, he restores, he forgives us of those things. God is so good. And this portion of scripture in chapter 9 is such a blessing to, I pray you, I know it is to me, to the, the body of believers because Isaiah is saying something that's going to be a long way in the future, something that's coming super far. He says, Jesus is going to be born, right? This child that is speaking of Jesus is going to be born. When we think of Christmas, when we think of mangers and we think of nativity scenes, I want you to know it's not some commercialized, well, it might be a commercialized thing, but that's not what it is. That's not what it's about. It's about the plan of God that brought Jesus to this earth. When we get closer to Christmas, we have Christmas services and sing Christmas songs and all of these things. Why? Because we're remembering the plan of God, what he did. And this morning, we get to go back a couple thousand years before Jesus walked the earth to say, wow, God was speaking. God put it in the book already. Isaiah was already speaking of what Jesus was going to do that we now get to walk in the fulfillment of. And looking forward to, I think I can say, even better, this earth is fine, but one day we're going to be in heaven. Anybody excited about heaven? Anybody like, come on, heaven's going to be great. No more tears, death, sorrow, or sin. That is what I'm talking about. Until then, we get to walk in what Jesus did here, and uh, we're pumped about that. So Isaiah chapter 9, jumping right in, there, the light is coming. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish in the former time. There will be no more gloom. I feel like in our day and in our age and in our life, sometimes we can put ourselves in a place where gloom is just what we feel. It's just what we experience. It's just the moment. And, you know, I was the other day talking to one of our missionaries, and one we don't, they're like, please don't mention where we are and don't mention our names because it's sensitive. By sensitive, they could be kicked out of the country. They could be put in jail, actually, for what they do. And when we started talking about it, he said, hey, uh, if it's all right, we're going to use code, so we're not going to, like, he didn't mention the words, but, you know, he's like, we're just going to use code's words, so not our, or, you know, organization, that's what we'll talk about, not our church. We're not going to talk about missions. We're not going to talk about, our, you know, our pastors. Or, I'm like, that is pretty, pretty intense. You know, and I could think, man, this guy might be a gloomy dude because of all of the craziness and just being in danger of, of what could happen. But you know what? Every time I've talked to this missionary, it is the exact opposite. He's like, come on, we're so pumped, we're excited. We're going to get to go out there. Pastor Brian and I are going to go, and we cannot wait for this opportunity that we're going to go get to be a part and encourage them. 
And somehow they're like, hey, if you could just come and, and uh, be a part, we're going to get to see what they do. We're going to get to speak to their team, encourage them. I'm like, how about you speak to us? I think that would make more sense in my mind. But, but he's like, we're pumped. They're already, like, there's no gloom. They're not going to walk in gloom because of what Jesus did. The light is coming. Back verse 2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Anybody in the room that has walked in darkness that now says, man, I'm not there anymore, but now I've seen the light, I've seen Jesus, I've seen his power, I've seen what he can do in my life. That's what is being spoken of long before Jesus. Isaiah is saying, man, there's one that's coming and darkness is going to go. The light of who is coming is going to come and bring freedom and hope. In fact, it says, upon them has light shone. Those who dwelled in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. And today you can know the light of the gospel when we plug into Jesus, the one who came. He's here for you. Now before we move on from these first few verses, I love that it mentions, in the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. Now, just, I just want to be sure, where did Jesus come? Jesus came to this region. Jesus preached in this spot. Jesus came, the, the place that would have been lowly, the place that would have been esteemed as nothing, the place that would have been said, it is absolutely a waste, if you think in the grand scheme. Isaiah says that is where the Messiah is coming. That is where the child is coming, that now we know is Jesus. That is where this is going to take place. And I want to be sure that before we move on, that every person in this, world, in this room knows, that if you say, yeah, that's for somebody else. The light is for somebody else. The light for someone that's smarter or more attractive or they can speak better or whatever you, every one of us could have those things, whatever it is. No, Jesus came to the lowly. He came to Galilee. He came to the Jordan. He came to a place no king would go and say, this is going to be where I start my, my reign or my dynasty. No, that doesn't make any sense. But Jesus came and brought esteem, brought the light to those who had none. Those once lightly esteemed can find a special blessing in Jesus. And that means good news for me. And that means good news for you. Because we can experience the special blessing of God. You today. In fact, you might need to say it in yourself. Just to say, Chris, so use your Rachel. Whatever your name is, I can. Say, I. In fact, let's do that together. We can, we can say, I can find special blessing in Jesus. Can we say that? I can find special blessing in Jesus. The word is true. The light is coming. But as we continue on, we see that it's not only the light, it's not only the truth, it's not only these things, but in verse 3, it says, you have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you, as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. Now, I was thinking about this and just doing a little bit of research, but even out in the country where I live, Every year, they plant beans, they plant corn, they plant, you know, different things. And when it happens, sometimes I'm going by, and you know a storm's coming. And I don't know why, but I was, Lord, don't let this flood get, or this field get flooded. They just did all the work to get it planted. They just had the trucks out there, the tractors out there. And then it rains. And have you ever seen a, a field where all of a sudden there's some parts that have some corn on it, but there's tons of area that is gone? 
because of storm or, or because of, of water or flood, because of whatever, or wind maybe even has blown stuff, right? Can you imagine in their day the joy, and even in ours, but the joy of when it's finally time for the harvest to come? You've waited the time that it takes for it to grow. And now you get to bring in, for us, you get to bring in the corn. In their day, that meant we're going to have safety and security. We're going to have food for when there's no food growing, right? We're going to have food. There's a joy that comes when the harvest is there. And the word is saying, Isaiah is saying that the light is coming to the place where that joy that comes with the light, with Jesus, just like when that harvest is finally in and there's no more storm that can take it out. There's nothing. Nothing's going to eat it. Nothing's going to ruin it. Nothing's going to flood it. We're ready to go and we're going to have freedom. We're going to have joy because the harvest has come in. Somebody in the room needs to hear it today that God is going to work in you. He's going to do it in your life. Trust him. Watch joy overflow within you. But it doesn't only talk about that. It goes on and says, For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. And maybe you could think back in Judges chapter 7. Uh, Gideon, there's a great victory that takes place. And that great victory isn't like, woo, we, we made it, we're alive, and we're running home. No, it was a complete and utter victory. There was no, nothing left. It, it was all God. It was all his hand. The word of the Lord, the power of the Lord, the goodness of God is what brought freedom and hope. It was done. Can you imagine going into battle and God fighting your battle for you? Where you're completely victorious, where it's over. That's what they experienced. That's what is being spoken up here. The day of Midian. It's complete. But verse 5 even goes on more. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. I had no clue what that meant. But in other words, all that you do when you're in battle, what takes place, if you've watched any old time uh, like war stuff, like from, you know, long ago with swords and stuff. Anybody think that's terrifying? Like, I don't know how they did that. I have no clue. But they're all bloody. And every, because it's hand-to-hand stuff, it's crazy. So you get done. And the, vic- the victor, when it's all over and the war is done and you're not going to be fighting anymore, they would take all of their own stuff and burn the stuff that was ruined by blood that they didn't want anymore as a way of saying, whoa, we are done. War is done. The victory is ours. We're not going to have to go out tomorrow. We don't need this anymore. It is over. And if you think of the goodness and the power of God, the joy, the harvest is here. The victory is complete. And in fact, it's so complete, I don't, I don't even need what I wear into war anymore. I don't even need the clothes and the things, the protection. I don't need that anymore so we can burn it. We can get rid of it. What has blood from the battle is no longer needed. And I believe there's something that God wants to speak and show and do in some people's lives today that we say, Lord, not just a little bit of light and darkness. No, a complete and utter darkness be gone in the name of Jesus. Joy come into your life. Joy come into your situation. And maybe you don't feel it yet because when this was spoken, once again, they weren't there yet. They were a long way from Jesus. They were a long way from that moment. But I want you to know that the power of God, who he is, he's come. And Jesus is here for us. And so as we cry out to him, as we ask him, Lord, remove the darkness, bring the light. Lord, remove the gloom, bring the joy. Just like happened here, just like was spoken here. That's what we get to hold on to. 
That's what we get to claim for ours because Jesus won the victory. Because Isaiah, long before that, spoke of Jesus who is going to win the victory. Because Adam and Eve, long before that, messed it up. So the plan was messed up and Jesus said, I'm going to go and I'm going to bring wholeness and healing. And now we walk in that. There's nothing better. It's not us. It's not our plan. It's not our thing, but it's the Messiah who is coming. In fact, if you are in Jesus Christ, you share in his victory. You get to share in what he is and you get to be a part of what he has done because he loves you. Verse six, seeing the light is coming, the joy is coming, the celebration, the excitement. But what gets better than what we've been able to see and what we celebrate at Christmas? For to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Isaiah is speaking to the future. Isaiah is seeing something that God is giving him and says, but there's going to be a child. For unto us a child is born. The son is given. In fact, as we think about those words, I encourage you as you're reading the word, like why, why does it say this child is born? Why does it say the son is given? What does that mean? What does that, that mean for us today? It's a super important, super important, because God who sat on the throne was sent to earth and not sent like Adam and Eve. They were adults when they were created. God could have just come. Jesus could have came as an adult, could have done whatever. He's God. But no, he went from heaven, the God of the universe, and became, was born as a man. The deity, God, became man. And then it says, uh, a son was, or child was born and a son is given. And why? Because the son of God, God himself came and was given to you and me. He was born as a man and given as God, which means he's both God and man. And in fact, that's what you and I needed to take our sin to take our shame, to take our pain, to take us and our problem. And that's what we needed was God himself showing up in our life. I think I can say pretty clearly that none of us, humanity couldn't have got the job done. And God can do anything, but for God to not humble himself, the sacrifice could not have been given. But when God came and was born as a child, given as the son, then our hope, that joy we talked about, that light we talked about, what Isaiah is seeing in his mind, and there's no way he could have understood the ramifications of what he was saying. There's no way he could have fully comprehended. There's no way. But now we're on the other side. And when we're looking to Christmas and we're looking to Jesus, when we're looking towards that fun moment in the year, we're like, we get to experience this God every single day. The child who was born, but the son who was given, God and man who came, who lived on this earth, who lived as a servant, who died on a cross so we no longer had to try to sacrifice bulls and animals. I'm pretty thankful we don't have an altar that we're burning in here. Pastor Brian, that would be your area. I would not, no thank you. No, I, we don't have to do that anymore because God came because he was born. He was given as a son. And today, we can receive him and accept him and walk in him.
If Jesus is not fully God and fully man, we are lost in sin. But he came and he was given. He was born and today we can experience him and walk in him. The Messiah was coming, Isaiah could say, and the Messiah has arrived. It says the government will be upon his shoulders. I look forward to the day when he reigns in the millennium. I look forward to heaven. I cannot wait. I think I already mentioned, man, there's going to be nothing better than no tears, death, sorrow, and sin. There's going to be nothing better than someone else not hurting me. Or you know what's even better than that is me not hurting someone else. Like, Lord, help me. I want to do that now, right? But there's going to be none of it. No tears, no death, no sorrow, no sin. The government will be upon his shoulders. He will reign. But not only will he reign, but now that he has come, he is already reigning. And we're in this in-between moment where the kingdom is here and someday the kingdom's going to fully arrive. And I'm thankful we get to walk in his kingdom. We get to walk as his children. We get to be a part. But church, let's never, ever lose sight that one day it's going to be fully here. One day he's going to be fully and we're going to be in heaven. We're going to be experiencing him in a way where nothing is going to block us and keep us from what he has for us. I love, and here in a few moments, we're actually going to sing a song that just sings kind of through this. But definitely, it's called the names, uh, names, and the names of God. It says, his name will be called. And a Semitic thought, a name does not just identify or distinguish a person. It expresses the very nature of that being. Some of you, when you named your children, you really thought about it. You like went back and said, this is what it means. For a bunch of others in the room, uh, probably a little more like I'd, we named our kids names based on if we thought that the people that have those names are generally upstanding people in society. Is that weird? I'm not sure if that's weird or not, but we could see like here's people like here we go. Uh, I'm kind of kidding, kind of not. But in other words, it wasn't like this. But in their day, the name meant everything. And when these names are put, it's not just like a name. And I think we see that clearly, but it was important. It was vital. And when they say his name will be called, Isaiah says his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. He's saying that's what he is. That's who he is. He is wonderful. We should come before him and be in awe of our wonderful creator. We should be in awe when he moves. We should be in awe when he speaks. On Tuesday night, there were about 40 that were able to go from our church to join at School of the Spirit and for the evening service. It was so much fun. And I left and I just couldn't say anything more than he's amazing. He's wonderful. I'm in awe of our creator. Because God still moves. He still speaks. He still gives words of wisdom and knowledge and faith. There's still miracles and the miraculous that takes place. Healing still happens. God is wonderful. He's our counselor. And you think of a day and an age, and I am all for it. We have counselors in the room. The first counselor, counseling session I see in the Bible is Satan counseling Eve. And that didn't go well. Counseled her. It's not that big a deal. Just take of the fruit. And we so often want people just to pour in and tell us what to do. Or we want what others have. And we must be a people. That we need people to help us. And we need friends. And we need people to push us. And we might need counselors. But there's no counselor higher than our God. There's no counselor greater than Jesus. And if someone is counseling us in any way, but by biblical truths and perspective, we need to run away and say, I don't need that counsel. I need the counsel of my creator. 
I need the, the counsel of the word of God, the truth of who he is. And we look for the counsel of so much, of so many other things. Good things. We need a life coach. We need all these things. But what we first need before any of that's going to make any difference is the God of the universe who's wonderful, who's our counselor. And Isaiah could speak of the one that would be your counselor long before, long before Jesus came, long before we're sitting here today. Because God had a plan. Our wonderful, our counselor, the mighty God, the one that's worthy of worship, the one that is the creator of all things, the one that all glory and honor is giving to, the one that takes our gloom, turns it to glory, the one that takes us to new realms, our mighty God, the everlasting Father, the one who is our creator. That's what these words would mean. The, the Hebrew idea is that Jesus is the source or the author of all eternity. He's everlasting. It's not just a moment. It's not just one thing, but he is everlasting from begin, uh, beginning to end. And he is our prince of peace. He's the one that makes peace between you and God. He's the one that takes your sin and we come to him and he wipes it away. He's the one that when God looks at us, he sees pure and spotless because he sees Jesus who's our cover. He is the Prince of Peace. And today we can know that we can have peace with God when we come and we lay ourselves down before him. And we can know that if we have pre peace with God, that I believe God would want us to look like him. And therefore we should be people that have peace around us. We should be people that love those around us. We should be people that care for those around us. And even when someone doesn't line with the word of God, I pray, number one, pray that they line with the word of God. And number two, I pray, Lord, would you let love come from me? I'm not the judge. I don't need to judge. I know what the truth of the word says. So, Lord, would you let love shine from me so they can experience you and your power? Lord, let me be someone that people think of as peaceful, as walking in power, as walking in truth, but someone who loves in a way that people respond to. Lord, you're the Prince of Peace. You make everything right between me and God. It's our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. The last verse that we read this morning, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. The increase of his government. There will be no end to the increase. There'll be no end. There's nothing that stops. You never get to a place and say, I've got it all. I've got as much of Jesus as I can. I've made it to the end of the line. No, the increase of his peace, of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Church, we're walking in his kingdom and one day we're going to experience it fully. The increase of his kingdom and of his peace forevermore on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The Lord will do it. And I love once again these last few words. Because if it's just a person standing on a stage or if it's just in a small group or if it's just something we say or just something even that's on page that we read without the power of God and the truth of God and him actually coming and doing what Isaiah speaks of, it doesn't matter. But what has happened is God showed up. 
What has happened is Jesus has done it. What has happened is he continues to do it. And what has happened is Isaiah says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts is going to bring this to pass. And I believe there's some people in, in this room today that you need light in some dark spots. You need the joy of the Lord. You need to experience the Messiah. And in fact, if you don't know the Lord, it's amazing. All you have to do is ask him, Lord, would you forgive me of my sins? Would you welcome me in? I repent of the past. I make you the Lord of my life. Any, any way you want to say it, when you welcome him in, you make him the Lord, it's done. You've been welcomed. You've been welcomed into the family. And you can say the zeal of the Lord, of the host, he's going to do it. Which today, if you say, I don't know, I've been struggling and I'm not sure. I don't know if I can make it. Maybe what you thought you wanted to happen, it didn't happen. And now you're just in this spot of, I don't know. I don't know how to go forward. I want you to know that the God of the universe, his kingdom, his peace, it, there's no end. It's going to increase and increase and in your life when you reach out to him. It's not you and your power. It's not you and your zeal. It's not you and your strength. But instead, the zeal of the Lord of hosts is going to do it in your life. He's going to get you through to the other side. He's going to bring you from where you are to where he has you to be. And today, maybe we need to believe in faith. Maybe today we need to believe in faith for a miracle or for a healing or maybe for a lost loved one. Maybe today we have to say, Lord, I cannot do it. But the zeal of the Lord of hosts, would you do it today? Just like Isaiah spoke and Jesus came, Lord, would you do it? Because I need you. I need you to show yourself. I can't do it on my own. I need the wonderful counselor. I need mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I need you to move in my life. And Lord, would you then let me shine and radiate you to the people around me? Because I've tried hard enough myself and I can't accomplish it. But the zeal of the Lord of hosts, today I believe that you can do it because your word spoke it. Jesus, you've already came. And now I get to walk in the victory of who you are. I get to walk in the victory of who you are. Today, as we close this time, we're just going to make this room a house of prayer. In fact, I want to encourage, invite here in a moment, if you say, man, I, I want to come to an altar, come find an altar, come kneel, kneel at the stairs, come lay before the Lord, maybe come and just stand and worship at your seat, maybe you turn around, I don't know, but make it a place of worship. We're going to sing this call, song called Names, but it's not about the song, it's the scripture of God. Danae, as we close, the wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, he's here for you the zeal of the Lord of hosts. He is going to do whatever you need. He is going to be the answer today. Watch him. Watch him. Give it to him. Watch him bring the miraculous in your life. Watch him get you through the situation you're in. Watch him take even a good season of your life and make it profitable for, profitable for the Spirit of God to move through you. Whatever you need today. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do it we could stand all over this room this morning, you can make this place a, a place of prayer. Lord, we worship you, we thank you, and we ask you to come this morning. Lord, that you will do it. The Lord of the host, Lord, you are so good. You are so powerful. You are so faithful. You are so true. 
the zeal of the Lord of hosts, you will do it today. So as we make this last 10 minutes or so of our time together, just a prayer time, just a moment of asking you, Lord, if someone today has a lost loved one, Lord, we put them in your hand and say the zeal of the Lord of hosts, you're going to bring it to about that they're going to come back to you. For someone in the place that needs a, a healing or a friend needs a healing, Lord, today we lay it before you. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts, that's what we give. That's what we lay before you. We, we offer it to you, the one that is our creator and our savior and our Lord. Lord, it's not us, not our ideas. Back today, maybe where we think our direction and our plan Lord, today we give it to you, the Lord of hosts. We say you work, you move, you show up. And Lord, not even ours. Maybe today we lack that zeal. We lack, we're trying, we're, we're struggling. But to Lord, we tap, today we tap into you and say the zeal, the Lord of hosts. Today you are the one that's going to move and restore and make new. So God, we give you the rest of this time. Speak to us. Maybe through words on a screen, through what we just said, or Holy Spirit, maybe you just speak directly to us. But Lord, we lay our lives before you. We give it to you. Say one more time, the zeal of the Lord of hosts. You're going to do this. You've got it. We offer you everything today, Jesus. Lord, we are so thankful for your goodness. Lord, we love you and we glorify you. We thank you, God. We thank you for your names wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father our prince of peace we're thankful that the zeal of the Lord of hosts that you will do it God so Lord I pray a blessing over each person in this room online today Lord I pray that you would be with them that you would be their God that you would be their savior that they would put their trust in you and then Lord that you would do it Lord, that you would show up, that you would move, that you would walk that journey with each one of us today, God. Lord, we want to look more like you and act more like you. We want to talk more like you. So, Lord, help us. We need you. We need you today. We glorify you. We lift you up and praise you. Lord, I pray that we would go in that zeal that you go after us with, the zeal that you accomplish it. Lord, I pray that we would walk with zeal. Lord, to make a difference in our world, that we would walk with a zeal, Lord Jesus, to see your goodness poured out in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in our homes, in the grocery stores, in the places we go. Lord, let us have a zeal like you have for us, that you have for bringing your kingdom to earth. Lord, thank you for dying on a cross. Thank you for rising again and now sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for the believer. And Lord, help us to reach our world with your love. We thank you. So bless each one. Whatever their situation may be good, may be difficult, whatever it be today, let your goodness rest. Let your power rest. Let your glory rest in a special, special way today, Jesus. You are so, so, so good. You're so good. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. And amen. Well, thank you, church, for worshiping. And let's go. Let's walk with power and authority and the zeal of the Lord this week to share him and to proclaim who he is with the people around us. Thank you for being here. We love all of you. If you're new with us and you've never been to a party with the pastors in the glass room here in about one minute, I want to invite you to come join us to be a part just to get to know us. And we want to get to know you. Take about five minutes. Then we'll get you on your way. But we'd love to have you stop by. 
Also, be sure to sign up for that adult Christmas party the 13th. We want to get those numbers in so we can get our caterer taken care of and know what we're doing. And so thank you so much. Thank you for being here today, this week. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about and savor the presence of Jesus. Party with the pastor starts right now. Come join us.